Hey, welcome everybody to our Hope for Our Times Sunday night live, four o'clock here on the West Coast, three on the, or no, seven o'clock on the East Coast, and not sure what time it is down in Australia or New Zealand, but going to find out this week when we are there. Looking forward to seeing all of you in the land down under at both Australia and New Zealand. Be sure to register if you live in those areas. We'd love to meet you. And also, uh, don't forget, you can live stream in all of the proceeds. There's no profit we get out of this. All of the proceeds are going to support Gihon Springs, which includes Nativa, which is the ministry of the hope of Jesus Christ. People are asking all the time, hey, how can I support Israel? And if you want to support Israel, this is a great way to get all of the messages. Plus, you know that uh, all there's no profit coming to anybody. It's all going to uh, support the ministry of the hope of Jesus. I think it's the best way you can support Israel is through the hope of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, listen, I want to get to your questions tonight, so I don't want to uh, take up uh, much time uh, to detract from where we are going, but we're going to be in Daniel chapter 9. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 9 for a couple of weeks, actually. started last uh, last week and actually did a little bit when we were in Israel with Brandon uh, but right now, we're going to be looking at this from Daniel chapter 9. Uh, we're going to start in verse 20. And uh, the message title is, This Will Happen. There's no way to avoid it. Uh, as we think of some things, let's just think of some of the wild things that are taking place. And then we're going to zero in. But check this out. I'm sure many of you have already heard this one. Uh, Michelle Obama, apparently some of her friends had decided to enter her into the election coming up in 2024. You guys can pull up this slide. For any of you, some of you may have already heard this, and um, but you look at this and you're going, uh, this is really happening? Michelle Obama is really running to be president? Don't know all the details yet. It seems like she has some friends of hers, whoever they may be, who have uh, filed this. So, Boy, what an interesting time we have coming up. This is just more evidence, though, that uh, Joe is is going to, uh, he's not going to be part of what's coming. Uh, check out this uh, next article. This is out of End Time Headlines. Uh, new Amazon Prime cartoon boldly mocks Christian theology. Folks, this is going to happen more and more and more uh, as we get closer and closer uh, to the day that is coming, the 70th week of Daniel, which we'll get into uh, the beginning of it uh, in our time here together. Um, but expect it. It's, it's starting to come a lot from Christians also, or so-called Christians, even churches, mocking it. Okay, check out this next one. Nearly 30% of Gen Z adults identify as LGBTQ national survey finds. So you look, you go, Wow. What an interesting world that we live in. You better believe it. All right, let's roll from here because what I'm going to share here really, uh, it, it, it's really great, uh, gives us a great understanding for why the things of Daniel chapter 9 have to happen. They will happen, just like the Bible says. And uh, really, um, people say, well, we can stop it. No, we, we're not going to be able to stop it. I'll show you why and what God says to help us understand, you cannot stop this from happening. But with that, let me give a shout out to Damon Duck. I haven't quoted from Damon in a while. This is just a fantastic. Uh, Damon, in his most recent posting, says, 
God gave all the promised land to Israel and warned the world not to divide it. But President Biden and others have pushed the two-state solution, the division of Israel. Earlier this month, Biden sent U.S. Secretary, folks, you got to hear this whole thing, uh, U.S. Secretary of State Blinken to several nations supposedly uh, to keep the Israel-Hamas war from spreading. I'd say supposedly at the same time, it's the Biden administration who's given billions to Iran, who in Iran in turn funds all of their proxies to come against Israel. So you wonder what's really going on here, right? So supposedly, they don't want this to escalate. In Saudi Arabia, Blinken got an agreement from Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, to agree to normalize relations with Israel in exchange for accepting the two-state solution. Blinken then went to Israel with a deal in his hand, but Netanyahu rejected it. So Biden's upset. He had not talked to Netanyahu in about a month, and he's once again trying to get Netanyahu removed from office. Again, these are uh, Damon Duck's words, but, uh, but I'm going to tell you something. I agree wholeheartedly with everything he's written here. One report said the Biden administration is beginning to make plans for what it will do on the day after Netanyahu is out of office. Gee, what a shock. Another report said Blinken met secretly with members of Netanyahu's war cabinet to try to undermine Netanyahu. Remember some of the things that Brandon Holdhouse had shared right here, and he's been talking quite a bit about it. And on January 18, 2024, it was reported that Netanyahu said Israel must have security control over the entire uh, territory west of the Jordan River. And he said, we will not settle for anything short of an absolute victory. So that was on January 18th. So just think a little over a week ago. And then more on January 19th, the next day, it was reported that a rift broke out in Israel's war cabinet and there was criticism of how Netanyahu was managing the war. It was reported that Netanyahu and his defense ministry, minister are apparently on, uh, on speaking terms. Is it a coincidence, or excuse me, uh, it was reported that Netanyahu and his defense ministry are barely on speaking terms. It is a coincidence that this happened on the day after it was reported that Blinken tried to undermine Netanyahu. Yeah, no kidding. More, after the rift, Biden called Netanyahu, finally. They spoke for about 30 to 40 minutes, and the chasm between them appeared to grow even larger. And then more on January 19th. Again, the day after Netanyahu says, no, Israel's going to win this war. Again, the day after that, on January 19, 2024, the EU's top diplomat said the international community may have to impose the two-state solution on Israel without Israel's agreement. And now again, I talked a lot about this this past week. Uh, John Haller and I also did um, so many things going on. Duck writes, my opinion, that'd be his opinion, President Biden and many others are willing to risk the security of Israel for peace with Muslims. The Muslims claim to be a religion of peace, but they believe they must conquer the entire world for Allah before there can be peace. They also believe they can make peace treaties and break them if doing that will advance their goal of world domination. The international community believes they can divide Israel and get peace and safety. But the Bible says God will not allow that. His judgment will fall, and there will be no peace on earth until the second coming of Christ. 
He continues, also my opinion, says Damon Duck, Israel must stop relying on the U.S., the EU, or any other earthly entity and start relying on God and relying on God. I do not mean rebuild the temple and resume the animal sacrifices. I mean repent of their sins and accept a, a Jew called Jesus as their Messiah. Uh, there's so much more here. I'm going to keep going in a second, but I just want to point this out to you in case you're interested. I, I thought I'd show you this coin I have. Can you guys see that? It is a Biden coin. It's, it's called Let's Go Brandon uh, from 2022. Zero cents. You got to love that. The Biden coin. Zero cents. So, I mean, you're looking at everything that's going on, folks. I think Damon Duck is spot on in his analysis of where all this is going and the truth behind it. Then he continued, here's some more events to indicate the history is at the end of the age. Concerning world government, on January 17, 2024, it was reported that the World Health Organization, Secretary Tedros, whatever his last name is, told the World Economic Forum that disease X, we've all been hearing about disease X, an unidentified, non-existent future disease will happen. He said it is a matter of when, not if, he doesn't know when it will happen, but companies are already working on the necessary you know, medical treatments to treat this disease X. If nobody knows what disease X is, how can they already have something for it? Need I say more? Need I ask more? I would like to ask more. I think I'll save that for the app this, this Wednesday. All right. Let's continue. Uh, according to End Time Headlines on January 17, the, the WHO director... Tedros urged the nations to sign the International Pandemic Treaty by May 24 of 2024. Now, remember, we were talking about this like last April, saying it wasn't going to come across May of 23. It's going to come across May of 24. There's a whole lot of resistance going to it. Uh, there's resistance towards this. There's resistance to everything these globalists want to do. There's resistance to uh, CBDCs, identifications, all of these things that these global leaders, non-elected, self-appointed, kind of like the 10 kings of Revelation 17 and Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7, kind of like that, right? But there's so much resistance. The resistance is only growing. They're worried if this doesn't get done by May, they're going to lose control of the whole thing. I, I can tell you one thing. The rapture would take care of much of the resistance People wouldn't have the Bible to stand on. And there's so much pushback, even within churches, to say, get rid of the rapture. What we need to do is just unite as humanity. Boy, after the rapture, they will be able to unite with a leader that will be able to unite them. Boy, is that ever going to happen. Here. Uh, also, Damon Duck continues, concerning world government or world religion on January 17, also, isn't there January 17, 18, 19, all these things happening, following a speech that Pope Francis sent to the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Catholic Archbishop Vignano released another statement. That's the Catholic guy that keeps going after the Pope. Pope Francis supports the globalists and the New World Order. Pope Francis is a servant of the globalist elite, characters who openly declare that they want to reduce the world's population through wars, famines, and organized pestilence. What would Jesus have said at the World Economic Forum? Not what Pope Francis said. Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of Antichrist. And then um, much more is going on here, but he goes on and Damon Duck says, I wholeheartedly agree with him. Uh, I don't believe that um, 
the Pope is Antichrist. But he does go on to talk about the religion that's coming of the false prophet. And you can see Rome being involved there. I, I would say, uh, I would agree with him on Damon on all these things. He says more, Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, said governments and decision makers must break the cycle of nationalism and individualism to achieve its great reset objectives. Wow. Listen, there is so much more going on here. I'm going to hold off on a few of those things because i got to get into Daniel chapter 9. But folks, just hold on to your seat tonight uh, as uh, we go into all these different angles. Um, Think of this. Uh, Let let me ask you this first. I'm going to ask you to pray for something. Pray for a few different things. One of them is we have a lot that is coming up, and we're just taking some steps of faith it looks like we are, uh, hope for our times, will be on the radio coast to coast starting in March. Um, uh, so we're, we're excited about it, but we really do need prayer for that. I'll give you more info on that. Um, it, it's a lot of radio stations, and uh, it, it, it really is a, a step of faith. Say, so, uh, let's just go out and do it. And then on his channel TV, uh, we're going to be starting a new uh, TV program there also. It's called the Tom Hughes Report. We got the green light and the encouragement um, from Hal Lindsey's ministry to do that. Of course, the Hal Lindsey ministry is called the Hal Lindsey Report, and they said, yes, go ahead with the Tom Hughes Report. So that's going to be um, on his channel. It looks like both of these things are starting within the first week of March. So we really need your, your prayer more than anything. They're, they're huge leaps of faith, and um, uh, there, there's, there's more going on. We have I, I have so much to share with you about Mexico and missions and churches down there that we are working with. But right now, I'm going to ask you to pray for pray for that. I'll give you updates, but also pray for this with Mexico. Coming in July, we have uh, this really cool, it's Brandon Holthouse and myself are meeting with uh, 35 different pastors and, and growing. That number is going to grow. And church leaders in Mexico, uh, we're going to be teaching them how to teach Bible prophecy. These are pastors already teaching the Bible but they're, they're, they're wanting to know about Bible prophecy. How do we teach it? And this is exciting. So we're going to be doing that on a Friday evening. I'll give you more details coming. And then on Saturday, we're going to have a conference down there. It's all going to be translated. Neither Brandon and I speak very good Spanish. Uh, a conference down there. So we're going to be, please, you know, these are all big steps of faith for us. And um, uh, we, really, we really do uh, need and, and value your prayers um, and, and thank you guys so much, and, and, um, and uh, just, we just got to do it. I mean, we're only here for so much time, so we move forward. Hey, uh, let's go on from here. I, I want to I get back to this for just a few seconds. Damon Duck also wrote this. I find this really interesting because all of this that I have here applies to Daniel chapter 9. All of it does. He says, concerning a rebuilt temple in the Old Testament times when the Jews were Wandering in the wilderness, those who carried the tabernacle, set it up, took it down, and served there had to meet two requirements. One, they had to be descendants of Aaron. Two, they had to be cleansed with water purification made with the ashes of a red heifer that was pure and unblemished. When the next Jewish temple is built, those who build it and serve there must be descendants of Aaron, and they must be cleansed with water uh, purification made with the ashes of the red heifer that was... Uh, pure and unblemished. But for almost 2,000 years, Israel did not have one because the Romans destroyed their herd of red heifers when they destroyed Israel in 70 AD. 
Now, many of you already know uh, the story on the current red heifers, and I've uh, kind of poo-pooed the idea for a long time. But listen, I have Mondo Gonzalez on tomorrow, at, uh, and, and, and uh, he's got me rethinking this. So we're going to go into the whole red heifer thing tomorrow, folks. We live in amazing days and he's been telling me, listen, I think he said there's five red heifers that are not disqualified yet, and we're looking at Passover coming in 2024, and, and I'll get, get into it with Mondo, so I'll let him share some things, but we'll be talking about that tomorrow, folks. We live in amazing days, but then get this, Damon Duck continues in talking about the red heifers, that's tomorrow with Mondo, but on August 8th, he said of 2023, it was reported that the Israeli government has discreetly shifted some funds, get this, to prepare for purification services and possibly the construction of a third temple. So you start looking at this, you're going, that was August, we look where we are, you're going, we live in amazing days. Now check this out. According to the report, little is being said about this because rebuilding the temple is an explosive issue, you think? On January 14, about two weeks ago, a spokesperson for Hamas was being interviewed on TV and he said bringing red cows to Israel was the application of a detestable religious myth that ignored the hurt feelings of the Arabs. Following the arrival of the five red heifers in Israel, Hamas had warned that they posed a threat to the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount. The the Hamas spokesperson seemed to be saying Hamas uh, started the Israel-Hamas war to stop the Jews from sacrificing a red heifer and rebuilding the temple. Um, I, folks, I mean, there's so much more to say. It's just absolutely amazing to look at this. All right, so check it out. I promise we're getting Daniel 9 here in just a second, maybe 30 seconds. Mondo's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Peak Garcia, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Guys are wondering where Howler's going to be this week. Listen, live on the app, exclusive. Uh, Howler's going to be with me. Uh, app and uh, website only. So that's going to be on um, on uh, whatever day, on, on Wednesday. So check it out. I'll have my midweek update also on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. That'll post everywhere. Thursday is you can't make this up. We'll have that. Looking, look, we need a prayer for all these things. Listen, we have little time. And the way I look at it, let's do everything that we possibly can. Press forward, be about our Father's business, and uh, preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming, folks. Man, what great opportunities to get ready. And, um, and also, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but we had two morning services today. One's the Gospel of John. It was me. It was a, uh, I've, so I'm going through the Gospel of John, 6 a.m. posting on YouTube. And then also with 412 Temecula, Pastor Tim Thompson at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. So two church services to choose from for, uh, for Sunday mornings. And um, all right, I mean, a lot. Again, we appreciate your prayers, and I want to thank you guys for your support. Um, and uh, let's let's roll. And um, okay, Daniel chapter nine. You guys ready? I mean, that those notes from Damon Doc are so fitting for where we are right now in this world, but also Daniel nine. So Daniel nine, we started looking at it last week. We we're looking at the prayer, and even Daniel says, "Man, I, he could put himself in the place of sinners." But God spoke to him in, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. It's just a short passage for this message. Now, while I was speaking, said Daniel, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, 
the man Gabriel, that'd be the angel Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. I mean, we can see the whole setup. Here comes Gabriel. Daniel's wanting to have an understanding. Gabriel says, Daniel, here's the understanding that you need to know. And the understanding he gave Daniel gives us more insight to understanding how things are going to unfold during the last days than any other place that you can find in the Bible. We know the events of the Olivet Discourse that Jesus gave us. Here's signs to look for. We know the book of Revelation, but without uh, the other passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Antichrist sitting in the temple demanding to be worshipped as God. But if we didn't have this passage in Daniel, we wouldn't understand the timing and how everything connects. It's remarkable. So, here it is again. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Daniel, here it is. Understand it. God wants us to have understanding. So think of that. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, make an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth from the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, that'd be the combination of the seven plus 62, because seven was listed first, the total of 69, the Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. Who's the Messiah that was cut off? It's Jesus. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with the flood until the, time, the end of uh, the war desolations are determined. And then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. All right, let's stop there for now. There's a lot in there. We're not going to get into all of it right now. We still have the, the, the next few weeks coming as we get into these things. Because there's a lot here. I want to unpack it that we'd all have an understanding. But the first thing we notice here, number one, it is the sovereignty of God over Israel. The sovereignty of God over Israel. So we notice here, first of all, that it says in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people. Says Gabriel talking to Daniel. That term determine comes from the Hebrew word, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly. I, have to, I should ask some of my, my friends from Israel before I uh, was before this, but I think it's a chatach is what I think is chatach with a, with a K sound at the end. And um, it, what it means is determined. It also means settled. So 70 weeks are settled. Daniel, I want you to know this. It is settled. There's no way to get around it. It will happen. Of the, uh, so as we work through it, of this 70 weeks, we know of the coming tribulation, Jesus warned this, the Gospel of Matthew. He said this, Daniel, when you see, uh, Dan, uh, Matthew chapter 24, beginning of verse 15, 
guys can pull up this slide number eight. Um, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who was on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And notice it says here, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, right? We looked at this last time. We've looked at this a couple of times. This is the reference to the abomination of desolation here, uh, Daniel chapter 9. Also earlier in Daniel chapter 9, I pointed that out, right? Next slide. Continuing, Jesus said, and let him who is in the field not, uh, not go back to get his clothes, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. A couple things to note here. Notice it says, we can go back to that slide. Notice it says, um, woe to those who are pregnant and nursing babies in those days. Think of the atrocities right now that happen beginning on October 7, right? We start to have those images, horrible, horrible. Pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Um, when you think of the Sabbath, listen, in Israel, everything shuts down. The trains shut down, elevators. You don't even press the elevator button. You've got to stop on every floor. For those of you who've been to Israel, you know that when you're there on the Shabbat. It's the elevator stopping everywhere. But restaurants shut down, trains shut down, transportation uh, pretty much comes to a halt. You're walking places. So how are you going to flee if this is on the Sabbath? Verse uh, Continuing, next slide. Matthew 24, continuing, says, Jesus said, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. Wow. So when Jesus said this, he was referring specifically when he said um, these words specifically if, to verses 24 and 27, of, the, of Daniel chapter 9, where, again, Daniel chapter 9, the passage we just read, 70 weeks are determined for people, and then Gabriel went on to explain to him what it looks like. 69 weeks or 483 years will be accomplished, and then the Messiah will be cut off. The final seven years, the 70th week of Daniel. Listen, he's, he's talking in seven-year increments. Each week is a seven-year period. We'll get into that a little bit more in the future so you can understand why these are uh, years. Each week is a year. But it's a 483-year period from the command to rebuild the city of Jerusalem or in its wall until the Messiah is cut off 483 years. After that, the prince who is to come that destroys the city, uh, he's going to be out of those people who destroyed the city. Who destroyed the city? 70 AD, the Romans did. So there's a coming prince... Antichrist, who commits the abomination of desolation that Jesus spoke of in the passage that we just read in Matthew chapter 24. You know, I hope that all made sense to you. Listen, you can ask me questions here in just a few minutes if it didn't. Okay, continuing with this thought, God said again in verse 24, 70, through Gabriel, 70 weeks that are determined it is settled, chatak. It is settled. There's no turning back on this. All right, note a couple of things about this. This is what it does. Two things 
that the understanding of Daniel chapter 9 does, especially in light of the words of Jesus and other passages, it refutes kingdom now theology and it refutes replacement theology. It does both of these things. Unless you take, listen, unless you take the Bible, the words of the Old Testament, the words of Jesus, and unless you take the Bible and you say, I'm not going to believe these things, then, um, you, then, then you can discount all the prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. But if you believe the words in this book, right? If you believe they're true, this is the word of God. Why would, listen, think of it this way. When it comes to Bible prophecy, why would God fill up so much of the Bible with Bible prophecy? If he said, ah, I'm not going to bring any of it to pass. Yeah, I was just joking with all of that stuff. And 80% of all Bible prophecy has already been fulfilled. Why would he give us the other 20% regarding the second coming of Christ? If he, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I gave him 80% so they could be, see it be fulfilled. But I gave him, uh, the other 20% is just a joke on humanity and all those people that would believe it. No, God's going to fulfill everything. Hence, God says 70 weeks are determined. It is settled. It will happen. He even says in here, verse 24, one of the reasons why is to seal up all vision and prophecy. So it refutes kingdom now theology. It refutes replacement theology. All right, check it out. Regarding kingdom now theology, you're hearing a lot more of it. That's the NAR, New Apostolic Reformation, the seven mountain theology that's, uh, that we're hearing a lot more about. Listen, this is basically what it teaches, in a nutshell, that Christians are going to fix the world. I, I tell you, we've done really lousy jobs. So what is happening right now um, to virtually anybody who teaches Bible prophecy in the sense that Jesus is coming again, there's going to be a rapture, Jesus is going to rule and reign from Jerusalem, and, then there, and he's, gonna instant, uh, he's going to bring in the millennial kingdom, Right? What, what these people are saying is, listen, you teach that, you are in the way of fixing this planet. Your, your theology is whacked. You're crazy. I heard one very popular person say recently, uh, somebody that most of you have, have heard of, um, he doesn't teach Bible prophecy, but he said the people, who, the, 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 the people who go to church and believe Bible prophecy and the rapture and that Jesus is coming back and all this stuff, they are the problem, and they are wrong with it. They are what's wrong with America. In fact, you even went so far as to say at one point that this doctrine is straight out of the pit of hell. So Daniel chapter nine, straight out of the pit of hell. The words of Jesus, Matthew chapter twenty-four, straight out of the pit of hell. The book of Revelation, straight out of the pit of hell. Second Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, right on down the list. The Old Testament, straight out of the, the, the pit of hell, if it has anything to do with the second coming of Christ. Very popular speaker. Um, and so the, the implication is you guys don't care about anything that's right. You just want to get out of here. Listen, I want to get out of here. But it's the very fact that I believe that Jesus is coming again, that I am going to do everything in my power, and so do my like-minded friends. Jack Hibbs, Tim Thompson, James Cadiz, right on down the list. Greg Denham, I could, uh, Mike McClure, I could go right on down the list of faithful pastors who believe that Jesus is coming back. Therefore, we're going to get involved in school board meetings. Therefore, we're going to be involved in bringing in everything that we can regarding righteousness of what the Bible has to say. 
this is just absolutely appalling to, to hear this kind of thing. The people I know that are the most on fire are the people that actually believe Jesus is coming back. And they get it. They understand, wait a minute, according to Jesus, I'm supposed to be about my father's business. According to Peter, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to do this because I know that all these things will be. Yes, there is a coming tribulation period. Therefore, Peter says, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? While Peter says, they are scoffing at you for believing this. In fact, Peter even says that the people will say, our fathers used to talk about that stuff. In other words, in the church, our grandpa used to say there's gonna be a rapture. That's nonsense. They scoff and they mock. That's exactly what's happening. And it's this whole kingdom now theology. I'm telling you, it's this, uh, it's, um, we're gonna usher in this millennial kingdom. We're gonna, we're gonna fix it. Have you seen what a fine job we've done in fixing everything? Have you seen how apostate the church has become? And we're going to fix everything? No, what I see is churches lining up with the Pope. What I see is churches lining up with LGBTQ. What I see is churches going all down, uh, getting into wokeism and climate laws and all this, instead of standing up for righteousness. Why? Because they don't believe this. They don't really believe that Jesus is coming back. Listen, I do these things, and my, my friends and colleagues do these things. We get involved, not because it's a work of the flesh, but because we're supposed to get involved. Think of... Think of all the Old Testament prophets, like Jeremiah. Think of the New Testament apostles. What do they do? They preach Jesus is coming again. What happened? They were willing to be involved. Paul lost his fight for going up against Rome. He lost his life, loses his head. You look at all the apostles, what do they do? They are martyred because they went up against Rome. They said, no, we have our allegiance to the Lord and we will do all that we can. What happens in the Old Testament? You see the same thing with the prophets. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet calling out the king, saying, you guys are perverted. You guys are evil. You don't put God first. You're sacrificing babies in the Hinnom Valley. Listen, the Old Testament prophets did it. The New Testament apostles do it. This is what we are supposed to do. When we actually believe that the Bible is true, we stand and we fight spiritually every way that we possibly can. We're going to be about our Father's business. But to say the kingdom now theology people saying, you're you're, you're, this doctrine is straight out of the pit of hell. Is that what you say about that much of the Bible? 27% of the Bible? Wow. And that we don't get involved? I don't know anybody else who's as much on fire as those who believe that Jesus is coming again. And you guys know it. I mean, you can't find it. Most of y'all can't find a church out there. You're stuck out in the middle of nowhere. It, because there's no pastor that's willing to proclaim the truth in your area. And I get that. I mean, I look at the, the remnant church, and there's so many people because they can't find a pastor who has guts anymore. And they're saying this. It's just truly amazing when you start looking at this with the Kingdom Now theology. All right, so there's my rant. By the way, on the website right here, over times in the um, resources, uh, I will have it tonight. We'll put it on there. It is a petition. If you live in the state of California, it is a petition. Click on the link. You can sign, download it, sign the petition. Um, they, they need, a, I don't know, I believe it's a half million signatures, I think, by the 1st of March to get on the ballot. It, it's to, uh, it, it's so parents will have to be notified. So these school boards uh, regarding gender stuff, when, when, when they're gendering a child, can you believe that? There's, they're, they're, uh, a school hides what they're doing to a child from the parent? Got to do this stuff in California. So if you live in California, listen, 
go ahead. We'll have it here within about an hour or so. Two, give me one or two hours. We'll get it done. So you can sign the petition. I think we'll get it done within a couple hours. They're gonna, we're going to try. We'll get it done. ASAP. All right. But also refutes replacement theology. Listen, replacement theology teaches that God is done with Israel and Israel's irrelevant to God's plan. The church has replaced Israel, but that's the opposite of what God teaches. How is that? Again, we read here in Daniel chapter 9, this 70-week prophecy, look at it here. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, is for your people, right? It's for your people and for your holy city. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 16, says this. Check it out. Uh, My people Israel. God says it. These are my people Israel. 1 Samuel, check it out. Uh, Chapter 9, verse 16. In fact, look at this. You pull up this slide so everybody can see it. It's number 14. 36 times in the Old Testament, look at this, 36 times in the Old Testament, God says, my people Israel. You guys see that? 36 times in the Old Testament, God says, my people Israel. All right, now, think of this. He says, to Gabriel says to Daniel, for your people, who are your people? The Jews. And for your holy city. These two things, your people and your holy city. All right, so if you have 69 weeks and then the Messiah is going to be cut off, or 483 years and then the Messiah is going to be cut off, that's when he was crucified. Ah, but there's 70 weeks, there's a final seven-year period. Wait a minute, this refutes replacement theology, if you believe the Bible's true. Most people I know that believe in replacement theology, they take Daniel chapter 9, and they say it doesn't mean that. But listen, this is what it says. I actually believe the Bible means what it says. So you look at this, at the end of the 483 years, when the Messiah would be cut off, again, all 483 years or 69 weeks were about your people, your holy city, the Jews and the city of Jerusalem. All of them were. We would all agree on that. And then the Messiah gets cut off. So those who believe in replacement theology say, well, God's done with Israel because they got rid of the Jews. Not according to Daniel chapter 9. The Messiah was cut off, but there's still the 70th week. There is still the final seven-year period that is coming. Look at this. Again, let's deal with this. Your holy city, Jerusalem. Next slide. I'm going to show you several slides. Get ready. Write these things down. All right. Zechariah chapter 2 regarding Zion in the holy city. Up, Zion, escape, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. God says, no, you touch Jerusalem, you touch the apple of my eye. Next slide, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. He is doing that. It's in that process right now, as I pointed out last week, Ezekiel 36 and Ezekiel 37. He's gathering them from the four corners of the earth in unbelief. But the 70th week of Daniel is coming. All right, continuing. Uh, Next slide. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, beginning there, says this. I'll read the whole thing. You guys have a portion of it up on the screen. You can follow along with me enough. 
Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierce. Interesting, right there, that's talking about the crucifixion. Look upon me whom they pierce. Here in the Old Testament, God is saying Jesus is God. This is amazing. God the Son, amazing. They will look upon me whom they pierce. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for his firstborn. Continuing, in that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, like the mourning at Hadad, Rimon, and the plain of Megiddo. Then he continues from there. And the land shall mourn every family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, and their, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Nathan by itself, and their wives, etc. It continues to go from there. Verse 14, all the families that remain, every family by itself, and their wives by themselves. Chapter 13, verse 1, you see this on the screen. Here it is. In that day, a fountain, check it out. Uh, next slide. In that day, there. In Jerusalem, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David. There it is. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. God is saying this is going to happen. Uh, you can take it uh, to the bank. Romans chapter 11. Let's go on to the next one. Romans chapter 11 says this, verse 1. Has God cast away his people? Certainly not. Romans chapter 11, verse 25 says this. God says, I, through the apostle Paul, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And then it goes on to saying all Israel will be saved. I'll explain that in just a second. But Amos chapter 9 uh, verse 15 says this, I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Uh, I, I look at this and all these people that say replacement theology is real, God's done with Israel. No, no, no. God is not done with Israel. Romans chapter 11 even says, in fact, if you guys could go back to that, that again, that slide again, back in Romans chapter 11, look at it, it says, Brethren, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant. It's slide number 21. I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own opinion. In other words, if you think God's done with Israel, you're ignorant of the truth, and you're also wise in your own opinion. In other words, you're puffed up in your pride, thinking you know more than the people who believe in the Bible. You're thinking you know more than those who believe in the rapture. You know more than those who believe in Bible prophecy. You know more because you think God is done with Israel. You'll be wise in your own opinion. You're going to be puffed up in your own heart. You're going to be puffed up in your own mind. Okay, now he says here, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. Then right after that, quote from the Old Testament, says, and then all Israel will be saved. Does it mean every Jew is going to be saved? Of course not. We know that that isn't going to happen. We know that the Jews need the gospel as well as Gentiles. Uh, the Apostle Paul said uh, that regarding the gospel, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, right? The early church began with saved uh, Jews. The uh, first eight years was almost all Jews, no Gentiles, until about eight years later with uh, Cornelius. So you look at that and you go, okay, 
So Jews must be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. You know the story of the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man who died and found himself in the place of torment, he says, hey, Father Abraham, can't you put your finger in some water and just touch my tongue with it? And, uh, he says, and then he says, hey, uh, maybe if someone comes back from the dead and tells my brothers and my family, uh, my kids. Uh, no, and the answer comes back to uh, the rich man who's in torment. And he says, no, uh, your family has the word. If they don't believe the word, they aren't going to believe even if someone comes back from the dead. Interesting. I think it's a chapter or two later. What do you have? You have a Lazarus who literally rose from the dead, and they tried to kill him. The religious leaders did. So listen, it was a Jewish man in the place of torment during the time of Jesus that Jesus is talking about. He, he wasn't forgiven. So just because someone is Jew doesn't mean they're going to heaven. You must find that forgiveness and the hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So when it says all Israel will be saved, it's talking about those who have turned to the Lord. Uh, that, that are saved. And we see a great messianic movement that's taking place, but there's going to be a huge one during the tribulation period of Jews that are saved. And by the way, this is a reason, again, the, the uh, live stream that's coming from Australia, all of the proceeds are about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the hope through Gihon Springs. All of the proceeds are there. All the prophets are going to that. And I hope that you guys will join us via live stream that can't join us either in New Zealand or Australia in person it's going to the best cause that we possibly have, the gospel of the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so with that, okay, I'm almost done. I want to get to your questions here in just a second. I want you to think of this. What else do we have? Um, so we have the sovereignty of God, number one, and then we have the sins of God's people, Israel. Uh, Israel is sin. We'll get into this more next time, but I want to show you this. When it comes to Daniel chapter nine, don't miss what's going on here. I'll just touch on this real briefly, and then I'm going to get to your questions. So get ready, seriously, get ready to, uh, um, uh, to send your questions in, all right? And make sure you put the word QUESTION in all caps. But here in chapter 9, what does it say? 70 weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city, the Jews. The holy city is Jerusalem. What for? To finish the transgression, make an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, is to finish the whole thing, to bring in everlasting righteousness. So again, it comes to this kingdom now theology, NAR, the seven mountain stuff. Jesus says he's bringing in everlasting righteousness. These people are saying, we're going to bring, how are we going to usher it in? We're sinners. How are we going to usher it in? If, if we're not going to do it. We need, a, we need the Messiah is the one who is going to do it, to make reconciliation for iniquity. Who's going to do that? It's Jesus. Who's going to finish their transgression, make an end of sins? Is some religious leader, the NAR, is going to get together and do this? No. Bring in everlasting righteousness. It is only Jesus who can do that. I mean, come on. Is, can any human do it? No. The Apostle Paul couldn't even do it. There's no human being. Daniel couldn't even do it, right? To seal up vision and prophecy. Wow. All prophecy is going to be sealed up. All vision, biblical vision, is going to be sealed. It's going to be done. In other words, I've given you these prophecies in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, all of it, right? Even Daniel chapter, uh, chapter 12 talks about uh, closing the book and seal up until the time of the end, revealed in the book of Revelation, by the way, to seal up all vision and prophecy. In other words, one 
100% is going to be fulfilled, and to anoint the most holy. Well, what's that? That is Jesus coming back. He's the one who's going to do these things. He's going to fulfill all vision and prophecy, not us. And he's going to be the anointed one that rules and reigns from, uh, from Jerusalem. You know, when you look at all these things regarding Israel to most in churches, is, is just a coincidence. I mean, they got to ignore it. Uh, but if you look at the Bible, it's like everything comes together. So listen, I want to take your questions. If you have some questions, send them in right now. And while you are getting ready to send in your questions, I'll just uh, read a couple more things here because they're very intriguing, uh, some of the stuff that uh, uh, Damon Duck had. I, I just find them absolutely fascinating. All right. Oh, we already got some questions. So I'll get to some of the Damon Duck thing on my midweek. Okay. Farrell Harrell from YouTube says, do you think the kingdom and throne spoken of in Revelation chapter 16, verse 10, of a virtual, is a virtual place or a physical place? So we go over to Revelation chapter 16, verse 10. Let's check it out. Turn over there. Get everybody in the right context. Revelation chapter 16. Let me start in verse 8. Uh, and then the fourth angel poured out his bull on the sun and power was given to him to scorch the men with fire. This is the context is the bull judgments during the end of the tribulation, right towards the end of the tribulation. And men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues and they did not repent and give him glory. By the way, you talk about global warming. This is real global warming right here during these bull judgments. And then, uh, then the fifth angel poured out his bull on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. I believe it is his literal throne. It's the beast. So this is speaking of antichrist himself where he's going to have his throne ruling from when he's here on the planet. So I think it is a literal throne. So the fifth angel poured out his bull on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness. So where is the beast at that point? Uh, he's probably not sitting on his throne. The reason we know that is because he appears just a short time later in Megiddo, um, uh, Armageddon or Jezreel Valley, where he and false prophet are cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. And that is after all of the bowl judgments are completed. So this is the fifth bowl judgment. I believe it's on the throne. It also says on his kingdom is going to become this darkness. All right, got another question? Let's see. Well, let me go here while we're waiting for the next question. Um, check this out. So this is some more things that Damon Duck has said. Uh, White House security advisor, get this, Jake Sullivan said the post-World War II international order seems to be not that uh, order anymore. We are on the way to a new order, so we are between orders. This sounds like the Biden administration believes the world is in a transition period between the old world order and the new world order or world government. And then Duck continues, Klaus Schwab, head of World Economic Forum, said governments and decision makers must break the cycle of nationalism and individualism to achieve the great reset objectives. Um, so I, I, I totally believe that is exactly what they believe they need to do. All right, I got to read one more thing, and then I'm going to get to uh, the next question here. Uh, 
If you guys got another question, that would be great. Um, yeah, another one. Uh, concerning world government on January 17, UN Secretary General Guterres called for global governance in a new multipolar global order in a June 26, 2020 speech. He said he wants global governance with teeth. All right, I've quoted that many times uh, regarding um, global governance with teeth and him saying that. And when you look at Daniel chapter 7, what do, what do we have with the, uh, this, this fourth beast that morphs into the kingdom of Antichrist? It says it has these huge iron teeth that go about devouring and to devour. Duck said, <coughs> this is needed regarding multilateralism with teeth. Um, he said, because nations today, like Russia and others, are ignoring international law, trampling on the Geneva Conventions, and even violating the UN Charter. By the way, I'm sure you guys saw the U- UNRWA. Uh, everybody is now saying we're not going to fund UNRWA anymore. Italy, praise God, uh, other nations. I even believe the United States even said that. Because what a quinky dink. I'll have more details, and you can find it on the news. I'll have more details for you. In fact, I'll get into this with Howler also on Wednesday on the app exclusive. But as you look at this, you think, gee, what a quinky dink. Did these people actually didn't realize that Hamas was part of UNRWA? I mean, these are the kind of things that we've been talking about for a long time. I, it, it, it's just like, no, I mean, how could, I mean, come on, you know? It's because they didn't want to know the truth. They don't want to know the truth. But we'll see if they don't, if they re- remove fundings from UNRWA. I kind of doubt it, but we'll see. I believe Italy will. They got a good leader there. Kudos to Italy. All right. Good Breakfast on YouTube says, do you see from Scripture Israel gaining land from Jordan? Um, listen, Bill Salas certainly does. Um, uh, some, like Andy Woods, uh, push back against that. Um, so I, I would say that um, I know for a fact, <coughs> excuse me, my voice just cracked, when you look at the Old Testament passages from Ezekiel 40 through 48, the ending of Ezekiel, what do you have? You have the new temple. I believe it is the temple of the Lord. The temple that's coming, I believe, is the temple of Antichrist, right? Um, the people are going to assume it's the temple of God, but Antichrist is going to sit in there and demand to be worshipped as God. But you look at the temple of Ezekiel 40, that's where you have the river flowing from the temple into the Dead Sea and all these other incredible things. You have the land, uh, all Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel are going to be awarded all of their land masses that God originally gave them. When God originally gave Israel their land, they've never um, possessed all of the land that they were given. The most they ever had, I believe, was at the time of Solomon. Right now they just have that tiny sliver. God's given them so much more land. So I know when Jesus comes back, he will give them all the land that he promised. Will this happen before um, Bill Salas leans that way? I love talking with Bill. Bill's very intriguing. We carry Bill's uh, books. We have, I have a DVD, a documentary that I did with Bill Salas, and uh, we go into all kinds of things, but uh, Bill's, Bill's fantastic, and he definitely gives you cause to think, especially when we see this going on right now, but Bill started writing this way back in the early 2000s, so it's uh, pretty cool. Anyways, you can check out those things with Bill. All right, so Stephen South via website on the website says, is there any truth behind the whole basic income coming to USA? 
Absolutely there is. When does it come? I don't know. So, so some of you are probably wondering what the basic income is, so I'll fill you in. Um, I remember reporting on its uh, uh, UBI, Universal Basic Income, prior to 2020. So probably 2018, 2019, I was talking about it. Um, I had a, a Matt Ward out of the UK was writing about it way back, way back when he was writing about it. Uh, among many other things he was warning about that have all pretty much come to pass. Um, but with a universal basic income was this, and this is what Matt Ward used to say, I think in 2017, 2018, he said, technology will be so advanced right about now, 2022, 23, 24, 25, that AI is going to take over all these jobs, right? And with that, people are going to be out of jobs. You think of all the white collar jobs, people going to college for all these white collar jobs, losing jobs, tech industry and so forth, right? But not just the not just white collar, but all these different jobs. So they don't have income. Well, it was proposed to have universal basic income. In other words, global government gives your income to everybody, hence you enter in CBDC, digital currency, you get X amount of dollars. Here's your basic income. We're going to make sure everybody's well taken care of. And your income is going to be based upon how good of a person you were regarding the DEIs, for example, diversity, equity, and inclusion. By the way, speaking of diversity, equity, inclusion, talked about this on You Can't Make This Up just the other day on Thursday. But I'm sure many of you heard about the airplane that uh, I think it's a Boeing that had, uh, I think it's Boeing, I'm not sure, that had the doors blown off uh, in, in air. I mean, that's pretty frightening. Fortunately, it wasn't high enough for anybody to be sucked out, but they obviously need to make an emergency landing. I think it was Alaska Airlines had a window blown out. Uh, so you look at this, so I started asking around. Uh, many people are speculating it's because of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So um, hiring people, not because they're good employees or they're qualified, but because we got to be diverse. They got to be LGBTQ. They got to be socially correct. You got to be a certain color. You got to, all these different things. It has nothing to do with education, nothing to do with training. And you're looking going, this is the direction we are going? Yes, this is the direction we are going. So as long as you are a good um, soldier to this coming global system, your income should be okay. You won't even need a job. But if you're saying, if you're calling things out like what's happening in Texas, you're calling out the federal government, you're saying this is absolutely appalling what you guys are doing at the border, absolutely disgusting what is happening. You look at that and you think, if you call out things like that, your, 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 your uh, social credit goes down, so does your UBI, universal basic income. Vicki Meeks on Facebook says, how does the mass migration of the Muslims into countries all over the world and people over time to Islam fit into Bible prophecy? Absolute destruction. Uh, what the Bible tells us is lawlessness will abound. Love of many will grow cold. That's just two, right? Um, and uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, uh, if you paid attention to this, but where you have this migration of Muslims, rape and assault against women has skyrocketed. Israel's been dealing with this stuff, warning the world. It is skyrocketing everywhere. So you think here in the big cities in America, it's coming. All right, Jesus said lawlessness will abound. Love of many will grow cold. He also said this, 
in Matthew 24, nation will be against nation. Um, with that, what does that mean? Well, the term nation comes from a Greek word, ethnos. We get our English word ethnic, meaning people group. It will explode people group against people group. So it's exploding in parts of Europe. It's now exploding here in America. And I believe our federal government isn't just culpable. I believe they are behind it. They have, they want, there are people in our government that want the takedown of America. We have evil people working in our government. That's what's going on. So you better believe it. Between a people group against people group growing like birth pains upon a pregnant woman in frequency and intensity, baby, that's happening. Lawlessness abounding, absolutely. Love of many growing cold, absolutely. It's just absolutely horrible. So just those three things alone, and I could go further. Uh, Oop Tree from YouTube says, how do you get around John Haller being a pre-rather? He's a friend. I mean, I'm not going to hell because of when I believe uh, on, on the, uh, to heaven or hell based on my, my timing of the, the rapture. And this is one of the things I, I don't quite understand why people hold it as if a person is going to hell. So pre-wrath people tell me I'm a heretic, right? Because I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Pre-trib people say if you're pre-wrath, you're a heretic. Listen, I, I, no, my, my salvation is based upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think when, when the Christian community, and we've already reached here, we've gotten into this place of, of well, I, it's wrong, therefore I'm not going to be willing to listen to any reasonable conversation. Listen, I think John Haller's wrong. And I believe I'm right. And the more I look at other positions on the timing of the rapture, the more I believe just solidifies my position. But it doesn't mean we can't have dialogue, and I think that's where we've gone wrong. So while people in the prophecy community shoot each other over the timing of the rapture, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm going to continue to preach, be ready, because I believe we could be called up at any moment. But i got to be able to have good conversation. I'm not willing to have some argumentative debate and start yelling and that kind of stuff. I just don't think that's healthy. This is what the left does. When you don't agree with them, they just shout you down, they cancel you, they censor you. you are not, you're not going to be able to hear their voice. And we, I don't, I'm not going to be that way. That's what I say those guys want to do. I am not going to be that way. So I am willing to listen and, and engage in conversation and have, have great conversations. And just because I disagree with somebody on the timing of the rapture, where again, I believe I'm right, then, then uh, I, I don't think that's healthy. If, you're, if they're a jerk about it, that's different. And they would say the same thing about me. Um, but there's many things. Even in the pre-trib uh, belief of the rapture, we differ. Uh, most of my guests, uh, we, we have differences on certain things like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, exactly how they unfold. What is the fifth seal? So we have these conversations, but our salvation is based upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think just having a good, healthy conversation. But John's, John's fantastic. I just think he's wrong on the rapture, but he's uh, very enjoyable. He's a wealth of information. And I just don't think it, it, it's great to, I, I just don't think it's wise just not um, be able to have good dialogue and healthy dialogue uh, when it doesn't, when it's genuinely not heresy. Uh, Von Reichelderfer, I hope that answered your question. I know a lot of people have that question. So thank you for asking it. This question came from the website. Do you think the two-state solution will happen soon? <clears throat> um, some, some Bible teachers think it'll never happen. Uh, 
prophecy teachers, Bill Salas doesn't believe it. I believe it will because in Daniel chapter 11, this is probably one of the areas where Bill and I uh, differ on. In Daniel chapter 11, um, it is the, uh, the, this, the Antichrist who divides the land for game. What's the land? It's Israel. You divide it. Uh, so I look at it as a two-state solution. Uh, God says in Joel, I'm going to judge all those nations that seek to divide my land. So uh, it is, it, 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 um, um, it's, I, I, the timing of it, I don't know. I don't know. They've been pushing this for a long time. But I believe Antichrist will temporarily achieve it. Um, it could come before Antichrist, but he's the one that confirms the covenant. We'll get into that over the next couple of weeks. I've got at least two more messages we need in, in Daniel chapter 9. Uh, Elizabeth Walter on YouTube says, how does Israel continue fighting if her sources of weapons dry up due to nations turning against her? Uh, Elizabeth, that's, your, your, that's like the bullseye. And that is where Israel finds itself in a real problem with the United States. Israel wanted to go into Gaza earlier. They were willing to open up a humanitarian uh, pathway. The United States said not so fast. Well, Israel is held like a puppet by the U.S. They aren't going to be able to get weapons. They virtually get all their weapons and ammo from the U.S. So you look at it and go, man, this is why Israel needs to be dependent on the Lord. And, um, uh, and that day is coming. In all of this, God is leading Israel to be dependent on the Lord. Hey, join me tomorrow for Mondo. Join me Tuesday for Pete Garcia. Wednesday, Howler exclusive on uh, the website and on the app. Thursday, you can't make this up. And thank you guys. Please pray. We have so many things. I'll update you on all these different programs and the Mexico outreaches that we're doing, including radio. And um, But we really need your prayer. And I want to thank you guys for your support. Without your support, we couldn't do any of these things. The radio, um, the, the TV. Well, uh, TV has been donated by his channel. So praise God. But thank you guys. God bless you. And uh, uh, see ya. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.